Welcome Mandalorian Fakers to the Mando Roundup, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. It's time to kick back at the saloon with a dust stick or two and enjoy this week's recap of the Mandalorian. Ah, bounty hunting is the life, wouldn't you agree? Duper, what are you uh, what are you crying about? Is it something serious? I, I miss baby Grogu. <laughs> that's that's what you're crying about. Yeah. <laughs> I've had him every week for two years and this is the first episode we didn't get any baby Grogu. This is the the wimpiest I've ever seen you. I formed an attachment to him. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, seriously, uh, this is the Mando Roundup with Storm Duper and Gemma the Hutt, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. Um, subscribe if you haven't. Share it with your friends. Uh, we are here to recap and spoil everything about the latest episode, episode 15, The Believer of the Mandalorian. Gemma, you're looking vivacious today. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to spoil. I'm ready to spoil everybody's fun. Yeah, this episode, I mean, we have to, there's no beating around the bush here. We're going to get right into it and definitely spoil everything. Um, first of all, that there was no baby Grogu. Big decision. Uh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Maybe we'll talk about that later in the episode. But um, we do want to give a first shout out to our Patreon supporters, uh, Stephen Howard, who's our fake Jedi Padawan, and the Mediacratics, Darth Taxus, Keith Harmon, and Rick Swift, who are fake Jedi Knights. Thank you for your support. And we implore you to go to our patreon.com slash faking Star Wars and give us some of your support. You get a free gift even for joining for a buck a month. And we'd also like you to write a review, follow us on social media. I'm at Storm Duper on Twitter. And I'm at Gemma the Hut. That's right. Follow us and also follow uh, FSW Radio and subscribe to our other podcast, Faking Star Wars Radio. We've got a lot of great episodes and interviews coming up with that as well. Uh, the rumor is, Gemma, that we might have a director and producer on the show in the next week. So that's exciting. Yes. Yeah, great. Um, and also check out our T-shirt store at bit.ly slash fswmerch. We've got some sales going on there as well. Great stocking stuffers and products, hilarious designs. So, well, Gemma, what is going to happen with Baby Grogu? What's going to happen with our Mandalorian buddy and Boba Fett and the Galaxy Guardians uh, of the Star Wars as Disney's? Uh, it's very exciting. But first, before we get into that. Um, it's time to hear our predictions from last week. We have to go back and talk about how wrong I am all the time. It's fun. I enjoy it quite this a lot. This week was no exception. Um, I thought there was not going to be a lot of like chasing or fun, and it was just going to be kind of this worthless team assembling episode, and I was wrong. They actually made progress. It was one of the more, I would say, exciting and dramatic episodes we've had so far, wouldn't you? Agreed. It's almost like you're reading the script of the show and then deliberately predicting it uh, a million percent opposite <laughs> what really happens. Is that true? Is that uh, what I you're wish doing? that were true. That'd make more sense, but I'm just really uh, bad at this. I can't... I can't can't get into this rhythm i think that's the problem i don't know what the rhythm of the show is i was a little better i mean i did predict that they would spring migs uh mayfield right at the beginning which is what happened it wasn't really springing him though it was more like sign on the dotted line here sir yeah just sign him out for a day pass yeah totally normal but i said that they were going to also spring baby yoda at the end and that we would see a jedi at the end which did not happen and they definitely did not uh get even close to uh, Moff Gideon's ship so I also deserve some scorn and derision so I undershot and you overshot by like a lot so I think yours was worse Ooh, ouch but okay fine I'll give you that it has been a rough season for you I mean you've been pretty garbage from from the word go so 
Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the uh, episode at hand, huh? Uh, you know, Storm Duper had recently a birthday. And one of the things that Mrs. Duper always gets tired of hearing me complain about is, oh, I never get anything good. You know, it's always the same old, same old, uh, you know, pizza, coupons, stuff like that. But this year, Mrs. Duper went out on a limb and ordered me the Perfect Package 3.0 from Manscaped.com. You've probably seen their ads. Uh, You know, Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Don't be the hairiest Jedi in the resistance. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a waterproof and skin-safe trimmer that will reduce nicks to your two best friends. It is an absolutely fantastic shaver, a quality, quality product, and really easy to use. They even include instructions to help you out. One of the most powerful forces in the galaxy is your lightsaber, so keep yours clean with the Lawnmower 3.0. They also include the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, why not? Down there in the smelliest part of your body. For on-the-go freshness, you can also use their wonderful Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. It's all included in the Perfect Package 3.0. And if you act now, using our code FSWRADIO, that's all in caps, you'll get 20% off free shipping with the code FSWRADIO at manscaped.com. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FSWRADIO at manscaped.com. May the force be with your balls. Well, you know, we do have a special little treat for our fans out there. Um, Faking Star Wars has also got a music production uh, wing, and Faking Star Wars Music Studios recorded a song as sort of an homage to this episode and produced, uh, you know, I, I, I actually, I have to say, you know, I wrote the lyrics to this, Gemma. How good are they? They're really fantastic, um, but I did not rely on my own performance. I had an actual musician in Asia named Stephen Poirier set it and play it, so we'd like to play that for everybody right now. Hey, where did you go? My giddy hand snatched you away. Out in the galaxy somewhere, they're gonna take your blood today. Force choking and laughing. Chowing down on everything No Jedi to drain you, baby So let's play some catch today I'm your brown-eyed Mando I'm your brown-eyed Mando Do you remember when we used to sing, I'm your brown-eyed man, oh daddy, you're my little green kid, just like that. Before Moff Gideon, Dank Ferret took you away, I'm your brown-eyed man, oh daddy, you're my little green kid, just like that. Before Moff Gideon, Dank Ferret took you I think I'm going to cry again, Gemma. <laughs> that was pretty touching. I mean, considering this, how irreverent our episodes tend to be, like, that was fairly touching. This is supposed to be just an episode for kids, but like this episode was really, really heartrending. Like, 
poor Mando, and like he has to destroy his whole belief system for this little green guy. No, he doesn't really like let on that it's bothering him though. Oh well, we'll get into this. So uh, thanks again to Steve Poirier for the song. You can also check out the video we made on our Faking Star Wars YouTube channel. All right, Gemma, it's your synopsis. Everybody's been waiting a whole week to hear what you have to say about this zany, exciting episode. <laughs> Take it away. This will be a simple synopsis. Basically, they need information. They need to find Moff Gideon. And so they've assembled their team, the Mandalorian and the older dad bod Mandalorian and uh, the two girls. And then they, they get Bill Burr involved and they're all like, we're going to go get this information from this uh, Hoover Dam place. So they have to sneak in there dressed like stormtroopers, uh, Bill Burr and original Mandalorian, not dad bod Mandalorian. Um, so they sneak in. And they have to get into the officer's mess hall and pretend like they know what they're doing and insert their USB stick into the intergalactic terminal. And uh, then they shoot their way out. Good. Yeah, that's basically what happens. Uh, it's sort of a prison break sort of thing. Um, and then they have that wonderful scene in the middle that we'll talk about in detail. Very retrospective of one of my favorite movies. So a lot happened, though. I mean, a lot of character movement, a lot of character choices here. Who do you think has the most compelling hero moment of this episode? Well, I'm going to go for the low-hanging fruit and say the Mandalorian himself. For, for getting undressed in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah, it took a lot of guts. It's yeah, like, I mean, that was, of course, the, the moment most people are going to say. Uh, but what about uh, Miggs, Miggs Mayfield for, for stepping in there and not only saving the Mandalorian, but also blowing up uh, Hoover, Hoover Dam? No, no, he doesn't have principles. It's very easy for him to do what's needed. But I disagree. I mean, he didn't have to blow that up. He didn't have to, like, shoot shoot the uh, Rytherium or whatever it's called. The Unobtainium. The Unobtainium, yes. Of course he didn't, but he wanted to because he's, you know, he's sulking about his lost unit. So, of course he wanted to. It's, it's no, revenge. It's no sacrifice to do what you already want to do. I thought that Cara Dune also had a really good hero moment by letting him go free and, and like, going against her principles. Basically, this episode seemed to be about everybody going against against their principles yeah kind of but again like she's sort of loosey-goosey on the principles anyways like she's new to the sheriff game not a big sacrifice not impressed right right yeah so it's interesting the the sense of morality here that's being uh, portrayed in in the series is basically it's okay to do whatever as long as you get what you want right yeah this is why they don't let kids watch <laughs> so what does the title even mean the believer i don't know but i bet you have an idea i don't i want to hear what you have to say uh i've been stewing and researching and and uh blowing my brains out here trying to figure out what this means and i don't have an answer for you the answer i have is that disney's gotten really bad at naming these episodes because the last one was named the tragedy and it was like oh it's kind of sad they made off with baby yoda not a tragedy and this what i mean what I guess is it that is it that Din Jaren the Mandalorian has come to believe in something other than his Mandalorian creed and it, now he believes in baby Yoda as his lord and savior it could be <laughs> just in time for Christmas right I guess that's it <laughs> I don't know baby Yoda <laughs> huh. Well, in any case, it's a little bit of a mysterious title because usually there's not much to them. They're very literal. So uh, when did you realize that after they break into Hoover Dam and he goes to that computer terminal and they sit down for for some spotchka, I guess, with Valen Hess? When did you realize that this was going to be the bar scene from Inglorious Bastards? Uh, shouldn't Christoph Waltz have played the part of Valen Hess? Uh, yes, and that was a good call, but he must have been out of the budget. I mean, he was busy. <laughs> Or just too expensive. 
I mean, they they already got Werner Herzog, to, you know, to play uh, the guy at the beginning of the series. They so. spent all their money on Werner Herzog right. and now can only afford, um, you know, uh, C-less character actors. Only one dramatic German per show. Exactly. Right. I liked Valen Hess. I thought he was cool. Um, a little bit naive, though. What do you uh, mean? For being a, an officer, I mean, some stormtrooper just comes in, like, using his computer terminal, doesn't know his TK number or anything, and he's like, okay, let's drink. <laughs> well, I thought the argument that he had maybe been... And concussed was probably um, a pretty good. I don't know. Maybe not all stormtroopers are that like uptight when they're on some random, uh, n- unimportant installation. You know. I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. I just thought it was weird that he was so gullible. You know. Um, I guess I can see why the Empire is in dire straits with that kind of leadership. <laughs> They'll just hire anybody these days. Well, uh, speaking of that terminal security and the incompetence of the Empire, Gemma, where did the Empire buy their comm terminal security from? Galactic Radio Shack? That is confusing because they break in, which was kind of surprisingly easy to sneak into the Hoover Dam, and then they're using this terminal, and it's like, oh, it's got to scan your face. And it's like, any face? Just any face will work. So that's not really great two-factor identification. Yeah, and they talk at the beginning about like this ISP or ISP security thing that'll track your DNA or whatever. But like, I, I kind of, I actually thought they were saying like it's sort of like IBS. It's like you take a dump on their planet and they identify you based on your irritable bowel or something. <laughs> Gross. And, um, I mean, that would have been more secure than this well, because so I mean, literally anybody like an unlisted man who always wears a mask can come into your ideological fanatical wing of the empire pre-first order and then reveal his face to get to pass this this test like it's a contradiction that they'll scan your dna but for some reason any face will do yeah i just that that to me was the glaring plot hole in this episode that just bothered me a little bit and there's always been one of those in in like almost every episode (laughs) why can't you go in oh they'll scan my dna but not my face right right Ugh, i don't know it irritated me to no end it's pretty silly yeah it didn't take me out of the episode completely I, i i enjoyed it but uh you know, the other thing of that kind of bothered me was after they do flee Hoover Dam and blow it up, um, and then they have their little cute moment where they let Mayfield go free. Why didn't they invite Miggs Mayfield to join them on their galactic vacation? I was about to ask you the exact same thing. Mm. I think that, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm sure there's other reasons why they can't have him on the repeating cast. Um, but it's like, is this is this going to be picked up in one of these new Disney shows later on? Like Miggs Mayfeld, like they're going to come back to the planet Morak in a year or two. And Mayfeld will be softly lit in a gruesome, dank bamboo hut. He'll weigh like 600 pounds. He'll be like controlling all of these pirates now on this planet. Mando show up and he's like. They told me you had gone totally insane. Mm. And Bill Burr will be like, eh, what did you expect? Eh, you know. They told me that you had gone totally insane. What did you expect? I uh, hope not. But, I mean, there uh, was enough uh, allusion to apoc- Apocalypse Now already in this show. Like, I was going to say Heart of Darkness because I'm more literary than you are. But Oh, yeah. yes, you are. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? Like, we've got one episode left. Uh, how are they going to get baby Grogu back in his crib in just this next episode? That's going to be interesting. I, I'm not convinced they are. Uh, I guess I think that, I mean, clearly they're going to go after his ship. I'm thinking there might be an altercation where they bleed baby Grogu so much that he's useless to them. And then they just kind of let him go. Like he'll be like just a frail 
green raisin of himself he won't have the force powers anymore and (laughs) this is why they don't let you direct that's so gross that would never happen that would never happen you don't think so no i don't i think he's too valuable well then my prediction i guess i well we get into speculations later but i i think that there's gonna just be they're just gonna chase chase a ship down it's gonna be just a chase sequence and they'll board uh they'll probably get um book Booker Atone and her her clan to help out get in the ship and blow up some of those death troopers dark troopers dark troopers death troopers night troopers the robots yes whatever they are they're gonna help they're gonna help out to get rid of all of them and I'm pretty sure that uh, Mandalorian is going to fight Moff Gideon with his uh, big toothpick and uh, mm. the letter opener scene. The Everyone's waiting for that. versus letter opener. That better happen next episode. So, yeah. um, Before we get into our speculation, though, what do you think the most touching part of this episode was? Touching? I, I think it's when they let Mayfield free. I loved that. I thought that was wonderful. I thought it was funny. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Mando took his mask off is kind of bothering me because it's like, He's going against his creed and he's just giving in to like this relativistic pragmatism that Bill Burr talks about while they're driving uh, to Hoover Dam. Um, And he basically goes down that line. And I wonder, like, how is the Mando going to be punished for buying into the relativistic pragmatism of the day? I think the armorist is going to be pretty upset. Oh, yeah. She might not make him any new toys. No, he's going to be in her doghouse for sure. Other than that, though, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of consequences. No, maybe not. I mean, I think he'll lose some respect with Boba Fett, too, maybe. No. You don't think so? Nope. Yeah, maybe it'll just be his secret. I mean, the fact that no, nobody knows except for Mayfield, Mayfield's trapped on Apocalypse Now planet, it won't matter, I guess. Mm-hmm. No so this is a lesson, kids. As long as you can get away with it, break your beliefs. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, for a while, you know, I actually thought that, you know, there's a throwaway line there where Mayfield says, when he hands him his helmet back, he says, I never actually saw your face. And I had to go back and watch to see if that was actually true. It's not like he completely sees his face the whole time. (laughs) Like I thought maybe he was doing some clever thing, averting his eyes. No, no. He looked right at his face like a million times. No, I think that's what you would say in a movie if like someone kidnaps you and it's like, please let me go. I never saw your face. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. A ploy. There was another little thing that really bothered me, Gemma, and this is something that's come up before on the show. So I really need to mention it because our fans expect this out of me. Okay, do vent. (sighs) Look, in Return of the Jedi... Lando says something to the effect of, uh, they must have heard about my little maneuver on the Battle of Tanab. Okay. okay? And so the Battle of Tanab is a thing, right? And then Ma- uh, Miggs Mayfield says, when he's trying to get Mando out of Hawk and problems with the Imperials, he says something about his vessel was pressurized or depressurized in Tanab. And I know that Bill Burr is not a massive Star Wars fan, so he probably hasn't even watched Return of the Jedi in 30 years. But why do they not have somebody like myself, who's an expert in Imperial codes and languages, to check these little mispronunciations? Because they do bother fans a lot, and they show that Disney doesn't really care about Star Wars. Or they just do that so you guys, you know, take to your Twitter accounts and complain. And that's actually good. They do it on purpose, just to, like, you know, poke the bear. I see. Oh, so they're actually taunting us on purpose. Or they're just not nerds, you know? Right, right. Well, I'm sure we're going to get more of those later on. Like, uh, like maybe maybe sometime somebody's going to call the mon- the Mando, like, the Mondu or something, like, I in the next so. episode. Like, the K- Korean pork-stuffed Mondu. <laughs> get over here with your best scar. You, you delicious piece of Mondu. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. 
Um, all right. Well, what's your speculation? Uh, what do you think is going to happen here in the next episode, Gemma? Assuming this is going into a third season, there's no reason in the ex- next episode to actually give baby Grogu back. I think we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to get him back, but maybe we're going to see some kind of fight. Um, toothpick versus letter opener, Mandalorian versus Gus Fring. Bam. Interesting. So you do think there's going to be that final face-off, but somehow it won't come to anything, and we'll be left just wishing that we had not even watched this episode. Yes. And then we'll be like, oh, we have to wait the next year and renew our subscriptions. Right, right. Well, Jimmy, here's my delicious speculation and prediction. I think that the episode is going to start off on the planet Tython, which is where Baby Yoda got on his um, sundial uh, to tell the time. And we're going to see a Jedi show up. I don't know, but it might be Luke Skywalker. And then after that, he's going to go on a search to try to find the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy who are then going to make an attack with Boca Raton and everybody on the ship. That is your wishful thinking. I think it's a little bit um, a little bit too ambitious, Duper. I'm just going to throw that out there. Luke is going to be back, and we're going to see uh, you know this attack on, on the Imperial ship. Now, I don't think they're going to get Baby Yoda back either. I okay, think- Duper, I know you have a hard time keeping your... Uh, predictions to 20 seconds well i mean i i'm just saying like it seems like that's the way things are gonna go so do i need to give you an extra 20 seconds no it's not it's okay we should have a bonus thing like we're like the more accurate we are we do get an extra five seconds next (laughs) next season if we're gonna do this podcast season three i don't know if you'll let me i mean it's been torturous so far (laughs) well you are one of the worst things i've ever done with my time (laughs) so it takes us uh 40 hours to record this yes so you guys know out there so well and also i have to endure like your scorn and derision the entire time which which is uh, very unpleasant it it cannot be avoided yeah the real question for me is whether anybody's going to eat anything turquoise on this next episode I hope they're not eating. I'm tired of them sitting around and eating. I think we need more action and less uh, less break time. Well, now that uh, the Mando has taken his helmet off, maybe uh, we'll have an episode where he like you know cooks up some omelets and stuff, and we'll actually get to enjoy his 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 uh, gustatory delights as well. Too far, duper. Too far. We should start a cooking show. You know, cooking with with Mando. <laughs> you know. So, what would be your best car rating for this episode, Gemma the Hut? Uh. All of these episodes have kind of been just pretty good, but none of them have been very bad or very good. So I'm going to go for like another seven. This was my favorite of the entire series so far, I'd say, because I think that uh, Mr. Mr. Bill Burr saved this show. Mm. It, it, it just added a, a bit of levity and drama to this at the same time, and I loved it. I think he should be in a Star Wars movie. I just love his character now. I would give this a nine and a half, not a ten, because of the little issue with the mispronunciation of Tanab, Tanab, and also because of the official recognition software from Radio Shack uh, seemed like a massive plot oversight. Okay, that sounds about right. But overall, I was very impressed. It's a little generous. Well, I'm in a generous mood. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm very emotionally distressed right now from lack of baby Grogu for a week, so I'm vulnerable. I don't know how you're going to get through these next couple days. You've heard of toxic masculinity. This is vulnerable masculinity here, okay? <laughs> I'm very, very uh, uh, unclear where my destiny lies now. Uh, I don't even know how, what to do anymore now that Mandalorian took his helmet off. So, um, But that's about it. I look forward to us next episode. Uh, we're here every Tuesday, the Mando Roundup. Also subscribe to Faking Star Wars Radio. And get on FakingStarWars.net for the best comedy satire and parody in the galaxy. 
um, me, the foe, be with you. Thank you. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs>